Hey guys, welcome to the Indie Game Development Podcast. Here we tackle the challenges of indie game development head-on from the technical to the emotional and talk about the secrets to conquering self-doubt on your journey to crafting games that people will love. Subscribe so you never miss another episode and if you haven't already done so, give us a rating and review so that this podcast gets shared with more people. We'd really, really appreciate it. Ready? Let's go. So today I want to just talk to you guys about the truth about game development. And we're talking about expectations versus reality with game development. A few months ago, my wife and I decided to make a commercial video game and we wanted to do it in 90 days. And really, I just want to tell you what that's been like. How was the progress? What did we learn? And did the reality match what our expectations of what that 90 days was going to be like? So I really just want to get into the nitty gritty of what went on behind the scenes with this game. So I hope you don't mind me geeking out a little bit here. So first off, obviously, our goal here was to make a game in 90 days. That was a self-imposed deadline. We don't have a publisher. There's nothing like that going on. It was just a way to get a real title published on Steam with our name on it, maybe make a little bit of money, but mostly just get a breath of fresh air and get those creative juices flowing again. So if you don't already know, spoiler alert, this goal was a bit lofty. We did not make it, but that doesn't really matter too much in the grand scheme of things. Games are delayed all the time, and I don't want to release garbage. So that's the first piece. The second piece is we were hoping to make it in time for Steam Next Fest, and that was basically the whole crux behind the 90-day challenge. Our thinking was, let's make something small and fun and release a demo for Steam Next Fest, get some wish lists from that, and then release the full game shortly afterwards. And so those first few months were just a haze of designing and programming and creating content as quickly as possible. And sometimes when I'm doing things like this and I'm in the thick of it, I honestly get the nicest comments from some of you telling me to be sure to remember to take care of myself and get rest and take breaks and all that. Honestly, I appreciate each and every one of you that say this. I will tell you I was not working like 20 hours a day or anything like that. I usually try to take Sundays off. I try to get seven hours of sleep-ish <laughs> each night. I take breaks to walk the dog and play with my kids and eat meals and all that good stuff. But I did work very, very hard to try to get this game done. So I was working long hours for sure. And so because we were trying to create so much content so rapidly, reality hit me like a ton of bricks to the face for a couple of different things. When you make a video game, and you guys probably know if you're listening, most of you also work on video games, I assume. That's why you're listening. And so you know if you're starting a new project, you're going to plan you need at least a high level idea of the story, obviously, right? And you want to know your art direction. You need to pick a color palette so that everything really pops. You need to know what kind of level design is involved. And you're going to need to know what systems you're going to need to program and then get working. Who's your target audience? How are you going to market the game? All of this good stuff. You need to know all of these things. You might do this through a game design document, especially if you're planning a bigger project. We jotted down the very high level of what we wanted this game to be. What's the basic story and what would make it fun and what makes it marketable? And then I broke those high level ideas down into smaller, more manageable chunks in Trello. 
And so my expectation was because of all of this planning, we got this all planned out. I don't now need to sit there and take a break from programming to figure out how I want the design of this and that to work first. That has happened to me a lot in the past, but I had all this figured out already. So I could just open Unity and Visual Studio and get to work, right? This was my expectation. And because of that, I'd be able to get it all done really, really quickly. And obviously I was proven totally wrong. And here's an example. I was in the home stretch of getting the upgrade system done. And I hope you'll bear with me here for just a second because this really hits my point home really well. So high level, here's how I wanted upgrades in Samurado to work. There are temporary upgrades and permanent upgrades. Permanent upgrades can be purchased from a little hub area that you'll go to when you die, or they can be won from a sort of race, which had not yet been implemented. So with the permanent upgrades, the hope is that you'll be able to get just a little bit further each time you buy a new one, right? Now, temporary upgrades, on the other hand, you can get from chests or from clearing rooms. Clearing rooms of enemies will give you a tiny stat buff, and chests can give you either a bunch of currency that you can later spend on permanent upgrades or a small stat buff or ability upgrades, which will massively make your runs easier. Now, naively, I gave myself a week to create all of this. And I thought to myself, I'll just keep it simple. But what I didn't realize is just how many decisions still needed to be made, even when you have the high level ideas figured out and just how much time it can take to account for all of these things. For the permanent upgrades, I needed to know what should the hub area look like? How does it fit into the story? With the race mechanics, same question. How does that fit into the story? How will you know if you're winning or losing a race in a top-down game if your opponent is off-screen? Guess I'll probably need to add a minimap or something for that, right? For the permanent upgrades themselves, this will require pretty rigorous testing. I'm increasing base stats like movement speed, damage range, cooldown between uses, things like that. And changing one of those stats too much might have severe consequences on the gameplay. So we needed to implement some sort of cap to keep them from going overboard. But what happens when the cap is reached? For the temporary upgrades, it sounds like a simple matter of tweaking numbers. I know because that's what I initially thought. Except you have to give your players enough information to be able to make an informed decision about which upgrade they should choose. So a simple stat upgrade system that sounds like you should be able to do it in a day becomes this massive undertaking all of a sudden. You need to handle the UI and the caps and the actual changing of the stats themselves. But if the players need information, then they should probably also know what their current stats are so that they can make an informed decision. More design, more UI. So we added description boxes. And some of those numbers don't even make a whole lot of intuitive sense on the surface to some people. So maybe you change decimals to percents and things like that. So now you're doing all this math. There are also different rarity levels of the chests. So you need to account for what are the differences between them and code all that in, right? You get the point. There are things that when you're planning at a very high level, it's really difficult to think of what you're going to have to solve down the road. Make a very basic stat upgrade system. It sounds like something that should be very, very, very quick. This is something that actually took me several weeks to implement properly. And so for me during this process with my gigantic list of to-do items on Trello, obviously, like I said, most of them ended up taking much longer than I anticipated. And I think a big part of this has been 
just a learning curve for me. If I had shipped one, two, or three games in this genre before, maybe I'd have a better idea of what to expect with some of these things and to know with more clarity how long things would actually take or how complicated even really simple sounding things can get. So honestly, I'm not surprised that we didn't make the deadline for the demo, but I've really fallen in love with Samurado, and the really fun parts that have been swimming around in my head for a few months are finally getting created, and I cannot wait to finish, and if you're interested, go ahead and give it a wishlist on Steam. But I still have, you know, several really large systems to make, many, many bugs to fix, testing and gathering feedback needs to happen, the Steam page is in desperate need of an overhaul, and the levels are still pretty bare, and so a bunch of art needs to be added in there as well. All of this to say that most of the time, no, reality is not going to match our expectations in game development. But that doesn't mean that we should give up or even you know, quit our project and start something new. It just means we need to expect that things might not go our way, progress may take extra time, problems will come up and that's okay because we love what we do and know that if we keep working we will eventually finish our games and that's all i've got if you love this episode and if you haven't already left a rating and review please consider doing that now because it really helps the podcast grow and reach more awesome people like yourself thanks so much